Hey, pals, welcome to Team Up Moves. I'm Fiona. And I'm Stephanie. And this is the podcast where we play superhero role-playing games and then talk about them. And there is something I want to talk about. It's a new book. Steph, it's your book. You have a book coming out this week. It is. It's published by Grey Wolf Press, and the street date on that book is October 4th. Now, if people wanted to get this book, what would the name of it be that they should look for? It is called We Are Mermaids, because we are mermaids. Yeah, exactly. If you know, you know. It's a book of poetry, and I'm pretty excited because we have here ourselves an audio medium. And for the three episodes we're releasing this month, uh, I've convinced you to to read a little bit at the end of each of them from this book. You have. And again, at the end of each episode. So stay tuned for the poem at the end. And we hope you will head on over to your favorite source of books and purchase We Are Mermaids if you are so inclined and tell your friends about it. And if you're not a poetry person, it's okay if you cut out right before then. We will warn you. That's true. Though if you're not a poetry person, Steph has a book for you uh, about that as well. It's called Don't Read Poetry. Subtitle, A Book About How to Read Poems. That's deep. This is, this is why you're the English professor and I'm the typing lackey <laughs> for computers. <laughs> you're the socially useful person also. I am not the English professor. I am an English professor, but we digress. That's true. That's true. That's that there is foreshadowing for our guests. So let's talk about the game. It is it is the superhero RPGs playing and talking about them podcast. We've got a new one, and this is called Mutant City Blues. And we're playing the second edition, and it's by Robin D. Laws and Gareth Ryder Hanrahan. We know Robin D. Laws as the author of some books about role-playing and role-playing games and narrative development, including one that Fiona really practically threw at me uh, a couple months ago called Hamlet's Hit Points. It's so good. This is a gumshoe game, and the gumshoe system has been used by a number of Pelgrane Press titles, from uh, Trail of Cthulhu to the uh, newer game you might have heard of, Knight's Black Agents. The central idea behind gumshoe is that you shouldn't roll a die to get a clue in an investigation story, because if you fail that roll... The story grinds to a halt. Yep. You do roll dice, but if you do the right things, you do get the clue. And that's the central engine, I guess, if engine's the right word, of gumshoe games. Now, Mutant City Blues is written to kind of emulate police procedurals, your laws and orders, your CSs and I. We are using some of the alternate rules in the book to play as private investigators, because to be honest, we didn't really want to play as cops. The other conceit of Mutant City Blues is the setting is one where superpowers are very highly studied and follow very specific rules. Powers are correlated with other powers. If you have a certain power, you're much more likely to have a couple others and quite unlikely to have many of the rest of them. And these correlations, along with their attendant disabilities, can be studied. And just as the elements of chemistry can be arranged on the periodic table of the elements, the powers and disabilities in Mutant City Blues are arranged on something called the Quaid Diagram. Now, this is something that is available both to the players and the GM when for when they're creating their characters, and it's also an artifact that exists in the world. Our investigators will reference the Quaid Diagram and the relationships among the powers. So, giving up with that chemistry thread a little bit, Stephanie, your character had analytic taste. She could detect chemicals with her tongue. 
And that made secreting acid and spitting venom sort of available to her. But there's no way that she would have been able to, say, do a water blast or turn invisible. Those are just too far apart on the charts. Yeah. And so with the powers so precisely arranged and with their effects very precisely described in the rules, it means that superpowers and the results of them can then become clues in a mystery and can be fit together logically to help point towards suspects or eliminate possibilities. If you see that an event in the world is the result of a certain mutant power or you meet a mutant who's got a certain power, you can say, look at the Quaid diagram and see what other powers that mutant is likely to have and what powers you're pretty sure they do not have. Well, we have a mystery and the team of private investigators, I think, do a pretty good job of unraveling it. Are we ready to cut over the tape and hear what happens? So ready. So ready. One more thing I want to mention before we get to the actual play is that these sessions are, shall we say, a little bit more adult-themed and adult language than some of our other stuff. Just thought you should know. Okay, let's get things going. Steph, how you doing? I am ready to solve some mysteries and uh, pursue some suspects. That's awesome. I've been listening to City Watch Discworld books and staring at pictures of Jerry Orbach. And although that's only coincidentally prepped for this game, I think it's actually fitting pretty well. I don't know how to feel about that. <laughs> well, how about we introduce our guests? So I feel good about that. Yeah, I know. Good. That's good. Okay. Well, then. All right. Well, cool. Well, we've got two. So our first guest, they help students with executive function and ADHD and help readers find queer representation on TikTok. Please welcome Shana Jean Hausman. Shana, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing pretty good. Excellent. I'm uh, I'm great to be recording with you. We've, we've played enough Thirsty Sword lesbians together and it's now it's uh, let's do something else. It's great. I'm excited. Mm. I hope that Thirsty Lesbians are still allowed. Uh, guaranteed, I think, uh, on this program, yes. With or without swords. <laughs> swords optional. It's a swords optional kind of case detective solving party game. Is it my turn? I think it's my turn. Mm -hmm. It's my turn. They are a professor and author of queer and trans young adult novels. Most recently, Sinclair, spelled S-Y-N-C-L-A-I-R. And I hope you read that and the rest of their novels because they're great. Please welcome Rachel Gold. Hi. Hi, thanks. Do you want to say a few words of your own choice? Ideally uh, inspiring words? Inspire, <laughs> inspiring words. Oh, I don't know. That's a, that's a heavy ask. Um, I, you know, I'm looking forward to having fun. I'm looking forward to playing the game. I think games are a fantastic way to, you know, take over the world as queer people. So let's do it. Your presence inspires me. Also, games is an anagram of mages. So... Oh, that's so deep. Okay. Not sure what to do with that. <laughs> Start a podcast using a different system, I think. Actually. No. <laughs> no. Book of poetry. Book of poetry, I'm thinking. Been there, done that. In any case, moving on. Yeah, let's let's start this going. And I'm going to kind of set a scene here, and then you're going to get an opportunity to introduce your characters. But for starting context, the three of you are in a, uh, a private investigator firm together. And this is a game about solving mysteries. And so that's, uh, in theory, right up your character's alley. And the scene of this game opens with the three of you walking across a subway car maintenance yard. It's late October. It's, it's a little brisk. 
And you're there in the company of Tom Connor. Now, Tom is the vice president of the Transit Engineers Association Local 4 Union. And you've worked with him on some other union-related business in the past. And, and he's called you up. And you know why? Because you saw on the news that one of the subway cars recently on this line caught fire quite visibly in uh, late evening a couple days ago. Someone even died on the train. Thanks. But Tom is leading you across the yard and you're sort of gravel crunching underfoot. And he's saying, yeah, well, say, uh, thank you for coming. You know, as I said on the phone, uh, we're going to the bargaining table next week and they're going to be arguing that our people can't keep the passengers safe on these cars. And I just know that that's not true. You know, I know the gals that work here, that car would not have been on that train if it was not perfect. But they're going to argue and they're going to be bringing in contractors. And as soon as you know, they're going to privatize the whole maintenance department. And I'm just hoping that you can help me out and help us prove that this was not a maintenance problem, that something else started the fire on that car. I think that, uh, Rachel, you're, uh, as Micah, you're kind of the, the face of this group and maybe starting up this conversation. Why don't you describe your, your character, kind of how you're, you're dressed and, and, and who they are? Yes, absolutely. Um, and I will say that uh, Micah takes she, her pronouns, even though I take both she, her and they, them. So Micah is, you know, about 5'5", five, five, uh, knee-length dress, knee-high boots, cute jacket, cute jewelry, has the kind of uh, long hair, messy bun that can go a bunch of different ways, you know, kind of uh, light brown, curly-ish. And uh, yeah, is is very good at going from an unremarkable look to a remarkable look and back again, currently in the unremarkable ambiance because, you know, I want Tom to feel at home with us. Mm-hmm. I know that I have a responsibility to behave, um, trying to trying to leave some of my past behind and do right by Clarissa, who I'd like to see succeed in life because, you know, she gives me hope for a better world. So I'm going to try and behave, try and be good, just get some info out of Tom, see what kind of evidence has been collected so far. I mean, I think that I'm already persuaded that this is probably not an accidental fire. So I'm really excited to dig in because I like mischief. So. (laughs) So good. Okay. And yeah, so mentioning Clarissa, uh, Steph, Hi there. Describe your character, please. So Clarissa Marlowe uh, looks like a Mexican beaded lizard, and you can look that up. They're kind of like Gila monsters without the bright colors, uh, but also like a kind of stocky, kind of medium height woman who wears really like jeans and and slogan t-shirts and band t-shirts and cutoffs and generally dresses to try to recede into the background and stay informal, which is nearly impossible when you look like a Mexican beaded lizard. Yeah, that tracks. Yeah, she she does have some cool jewelry that her few friends from art school made because she really, her first choice life was to be a painter and a sculptor. And that's why she went to art school. And her second choice life was to be an art historian or an art restorer using the chemical powers and the special investigative taste that she's got. Because as you can imagine, her tongue goes flick flick and she can taste anything and it's kind of lizardy. Sadly, those uh, awful snobs in the art world did not want Clarissa. So 
Here she is trying to stick it to the kinds of people who privatize public utilities on behalf of all the people who work hard for them. Now, not to, uh, you know, defend the people who maybe shut Clarissa out, but I think we are burying the acid secretion part of your powers. Oh, yeah. She can secrete acid. She has two hands uh, and they both look lizardy. And uh, one of them does tend to secrete uh, highly corrosive organic substance. Um, she also spits, she can also spit venom. The taste is the fun part. Okay. That's the ability she likes having. Right, right, right. Okay. Besides, it's the ones who don't know they're toxic that are the problem. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So, Micah, you're there. Clarissa, you're there. Aubergine, um, yeah, you are so, also there. Why don't you describe yourself? Um, the, the, the phrase gremlin comes to mind. <laughs> In this case, not necessarily, there's not necessarily anything. You mentioned Discworld. I'm not quite thinking knobby knobs, but um, not quite not thinking knobby knobs. But yeah, so they're kind of short. Aubergine probably is not their name. You can call them Obi. Probably not their original name anyway. They are dressed in clothing. <laughs> it's closer to the t-shirt and jeans type look. But where they get these t-shirts is anyone's guess. This one just says horse on it. We don't know why. Is it from horse ebooks? It's a horse ebooks t-shirt, isn't it? We don't know. It's a mystery. Mm. I don't know. I don't know, but the Team Up Moves merch store is going to be <laughs> online by the time it's done recording. Um, and their hair is kind of like a, a rat's nest. Like, unclear if if they know what a hairbrush is or have ever been within the vicinity of one. And yeah, they are definitely trying to be more towards the background both because they have, um, they're, they, they, they are definitely not the people person of the group and don't want to talk to the clients or have the clients talk to them. And also they just kind of end up in corners sometimes. Gotcha. All right. So you're kind of trailing behind the group maybe a little bit. Yeah. But the four of you, again, crunching your way over that gravel to the burned out train car. And so from the outside, you can see definite, you know, damage and you know that's going to be a lot more dramatic on the inside. It's mostly on one end of the car. And as you approach it, you see a woman kind of standing there. She's got uh, a maintenance jumpsuit on. She's pretty tall and broad. She looks like she carries heavy machinery and heavy tools around all day and relishes that opportunity. Tom brings you over and uh, introduces her. And uh, he says, this is Jams. Uh, She's one of the gals who works here. And uh, she can show you anything you need. And uh, just just whatever. Again, this this isn't a a crime scene. They ruled it uh, as an accidental maintenance problem. So you can pretty much go to town in there as far as I'm concerned. But she can help you out with whatever. I'm going to go grab a coffee. Can I can I get anyone anything? Uh, if, Hot chocolate, please. If, if, if they've got any flavored coffees you've never seen before, I'd love that. Otherwise, just a black coffee. Okay, yeah. I mean, it's actually a Sparrow. So, um, I mean, I could also get you a slice of pizza if you wanted that. Uh, that's okay. All right. I would, t- I would take okay. a coffee and a slice of pizza. Sounds lovely. Thank you very much. All right. All right. You, you got it. You got it. Okay. You're here with Jams. Enjoy the train con, and uh, I'll, I'll catch you in a few minutes. Train con. That's a portmanteau word of train and reconnaissance, right? Oh, uh, no, that is a approximation of a heavy Boston accent trying to say train car. Oh, 
got it. Okay. I'm shocked that you're not reading this Boston accent. A little, a little shocked and dismayed. I would like to know if I could just use some empathy right now, just one point of empathy to get a read on Jams. Yeah. Because I, I would love to know what emotional state is happening in Jams before we interact. Yeah. So she is, she is worried. She's heard from Tom some of the you know possible consequences, right, uh, to the group. But also she's, I think, as well, has that feeling of guilt that what if this was an accident? What if this train did have a mechanical problem and it caught fire and someone did actually die? So it's... It's not sunshine in her mind, I would say. All right, team. I got I got the jams conversation. If y'all want to do your special techno tasting things things. Can can I just go inside the train car? Absolutely. I'm going to go inside the train car and set up my uh, backpack device that does energy detection. Sorry, energy residue analysis. Okay. It's not a superpower, but I can still taste things. That's true. But I mean, would you like one of my dried frozen rats? I'm thinking about it. Okay, yeah, I've I've got a whole pouch of them. While I completely support Obi your ability to go around licking parts of this train, I was kind of hoping you would uh, interface with the tech of it. Oh yeah, I could do that too. That's probably more useful. Would you like a dried frozen rat first? Maybe afterwards. That sounds great. I got a lot of them. So I'm going to go inside the train car, and there's like coils and. So why don't I describe what you actually see inside? The train oh no, car. I'm telling you about my equipment. Okay, I'm not describing the train. I don't know what I, see. I. I know what my equipment looks like, which is coils and wires that come out in a couple of extensions. One of them looks like a magic wand. One of them looks like a Star Trek tricorder from my backpack. And I'm going to start to do my energy residue analysis. And uh, I would love to know uh, what I, Clarissa Marlowe, see, because I have no idea, because I just know my equipment. I didn't know that this early in the case we were going to be talking about our equipment. I would have dressed differently. You can still change. You can always change if you have to change. Just like thirsty sword lesbians. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so let's describe the inside of this train car. And it is... Real burn to hell, uh, you know, like just just starters, right? And so you see the the plastic of the seats kind of down this one end of the car are very much melted. There is kind of a panel on the wall that is normally, you know, screwed shut, but that's where, you know, there's electricity and, um, you know, jumpers and sort of like that kind of thing. That box, that is all burned out and you see just some of the wires and, and that kind of thing uh, just charred there. Searching around for the energy residue stuff, Clarissa, you don't pick up on anything as you're as you're kind of bringing things, you know, some of the debris and that sort of. I mean, the cops have been through here, right? There was a check that was made. Obviously, they got the body out too, but but kind of kind of putting pieces of plastic or sort of other stuff trying to detect. You don't detect any energy, sort of energy power stuff, and that is consistent with the fact that this is so melted and burned. At this point, if if there was some sort of energy blast or other spark from someone that caused this, that evidence has melted. Ooh. I want to go outside and look at the outside of the burnt out car. And this time I want to get my other tech, uh, my you know special bits of, of lab paper and precision tools and use my explosive devices investigative ability to see if anybody attached a blowy up thing to the train car. Okay. So while you step out and are are looking sort of on the outside, Obi, what are you doing inside the car? So 
Remind me, what was there in terms of like computer items? There's not sort of electronics. There, there are some, um, you know, there's this burnout electronic uh, electric box. There are some cameras you see. Um, one of them is looks partially melted. There's that kind of like train car level of, of stuff. Okay. Yeah. It, it doesn't look like this car has like an operator section to it. Well, I'm definitely going to see if I can get anything off those cameras. And I am going to, after making sure neither of my teammates are looking, lick it just to see if anything happens. Nothing does. Licking the camera? Th- just the side of it. Yeah. <laughs> sooty. Tastes sooty. That tells me that this was probably in some sort of train disaster. <laughs> I can do this. I'm great at this. <laughs> you, you, you got this. <laughs> you, you know, you've been, you came to the team on the tech side, but you know what? The physical evidence piece, uh, you're a rising star. <laughs> so w- why don't you describe kind of what, yeah, you've got some, some mutant powers related to technology. I do. W- w- how are you applying that? Yeah. Um, hang on. I'm quickly scrolling to refresh my memory because I know they do very specific things in this game. It allows me to extract information from any machine that stores digital data, such as a computer hard drive. Functions as a more impressive, more covert form of data retrieval. So you must touch the item when the data, where the data is stored, so I can lick it. I was going to say, in your case, actually, I think you have to lick it. I mean, I think it looks like it doesn't have to be my tongue, but I, I think that there's no reason it can't be. <laughs> I feel like that whole thing is just hero worship about Clarissa, and I completely support it. Honestly, you're probably not wrong. I do have some psychology background. I can see projection. Oh, I mean, I mean, she's a lizard. That's so cool. I want to be a lizard. I'm just like a normal human-skinned person. I mean, I think we're sort of getting into a pattern that, like, the three of you are all effective with your tongues. So, I mean, that's, I think that's yeah. fine. <laughs> yes, I just don't touch mine to anything unless I really want to. Okay, so... Do you consider your tongue part of your equipment? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that really depends on the context. Okay. Well, so the outside of the camera, when you lick that, that's sooty. But I think if you are able to, uh, you know, sort of pull off the little protective plastic covering of this, Obi, yes, uh, as you lick that... How does how does that feel? So you're sort of connecting to the camera through to to some solid state storage device. What, what is that? How do you picture that? How do we imagine that? What, what do we kind of see uh, CGI kind of done on screen for this power? Hold on, I just want to add first. It does look like I can connect to Wi-Fi by licking a laptop wireless card. So apparently, and that literally does say it has to be touching it to my tongue. So apparently I do lick things. We're, we're going to have to rename this firm. Okay, go on. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so what is the CGI when I, when I lick the um, inside of the camera or the camera's data area? Yeah, sort of the, the actual the actual camera. It's, I mean, because it's got like a little plastic covering on it, right? To protect it from, you know. Soot. People licking it. <laughs> so it's tingly. And then... Like you said, CGI. So I'm definitely imagining this to be like '90s bad CGI. Like everything's a a 3D grid. So I kind of go into this like I'm literally imagining like a person in a CGI like one of those like. Do you know what I'm saying? Am I managing to describe things? Yes, yes, I know what you're saying. I think so. Sort of, sort of the, the '90s VR kind of thing. Yeah. Probably this sense of traveling down the wire yeah. and, and you know, accessing this, like, uh, whoa. The, the storage thing. Yeah. So I get into so I get into this area, and um, there are little windows uh, that are ba- each basically each of the files. 
so I can like peek in and watch them. Yeah. Probably in chronological order. Right. So so the the camera, you know, in order to kind of conserve space on the drive. It's it's taking still images and they're a little while apart. And also once the fire happened, it stopped working. Weird. Also, I would say that some of them maybe kind of are are a little corrupted uh, again because of that. But what what you do get is you do actually see, have a, a shot that's fairly clear of the, I guess, victim, uh, the, the deceased uh, shall we say his name was Carson Davis? You probably got that on uh, some, a little bit of background research, and he's sitting alone on the uh, on the seat that's sort of against against the side of the train. These are these are sort of bench seats along the side as opposed to like rows, mm-hmm. and playing on his phone. And next to him is like a uh, a messenger bag. And you can see it's got maybe, um, you know, the, the the resolution is is bad. So it's like you can't like read this or anything, but it looks like, a, you know, like a work badge or some other kind of thing is clipped to the outside of it. Mm-hmm. Can I tell what the work badge is? Or you said I couldn't read it. No, it's the resolution. The resolution is, is too bad. Enhance. <laughs> so do you, I mean, we can do an enhance if you want to, uh, if you've got an ability that would come into play here to sort of look look close. You, you've accessed the imagery, but there is you know, any sort of like forensic reconstruction or kind of something like that that would work as an enhance. Um, I actually do have photography as one of my um, investigative abilities. Would that qualify? Um, or not really? Or? This, this might be a more computer thing. So why, why don't you uh, kind of like look over and see if there's anything that applies. I want to cut at this point to Micah. What are, what are you up to now? Well, I'm going to assume that Corsa came out of the car and shook her head at me with the didn't detect anything notable inside and is setting up all the fanciness. So I'm going to head over to Jams and kind of mirror her posture a little bit so that I've got some rapport building already. And as we know, she's, she's feeling kind of guilty. And guilty can go a couple different ways. Um, you know, one of the ways it could go is projected outwards to anger, which I think would be really useful. So I'm not going to actually use my emotion control, but I'm going to use my knowledge around it mm-hmm. and, you know, have a conversation with her, starting with, you know, it looks like you're doing some really great work here. You know, I just want you to know that we're, we don't, I don't think this was an accident. Doesn't, you know, first glance doesn't look like an accident to me. You know, and I, I get pretty upset when people cause loss of life, especially superpowered people. So I'm real curious if you got any information that could help us out um, in terms of what might have happened. She says, "Well, um, well, you know, I I really uh, appreciate appreciate that and that um, that vote of of confidence in us. Yeah, I mean, we 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 check these. We we've got checklists and things to get out of here. We we take a look at everything, but but before we're done with maintenance, and so yeah, I just." I don't really know. I don't. I don't have anything for you, really. I mean, the you know the cops came through here and they didn't really find anything. Honestly, they didn't look like they didn't look like they looked that hard to tell you the truth. Uh, they seem pretty quick to just rule this as a as an accident and, and move on. Um, so, so what's your gut say about this? Like, you know, we're we're trying to use all our abilities to figure out what we can. We're going over this real carefully. What does your gut say we should look into? She says, "Well, to be honest, I've seen." footage of they do tests on these cars right i mean they they do they do flame retardants tests and, and and other things and the damage that's in there seems way 
bigger than what, I, I mean, you, know, you saw the electoral boxes is messed up, but like if, if that started sparking and that kind of thing, like the fabric and the seeds can't sustain um, a combustion for that long, for all of that heat, it just seems bigger than could have been an accident. You know, that's my take on it too. Uh, I, I totally agree with you there. So if uh, if there was a person maybe who caused this, um, where would we where would we get records and where would we get footage of people getting on and off this train car? She says, um, "Well, the car has some cameras. They don't the record. You know, it's 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 inconsistent with the images. We might be able to get something from a station, but it uh, you know it have to kind of be on the download. I mean, you know, you guys aren't official and." But maybe Tom knows someone who can who can pull some station records for you uh, because they have cameras on the on the platforms. That sounds great. All right, I'm going to slip her our very fancy looking card. Oh, this is and, card uh, say and say some comforting things. Um, you know, if you if you get any more info, okay, those are good. Right, and here's where we are. You know, we're we're here for you. Is our firm called Lick Inc. Licensed Investigators into Concealed Knowledge? It is now. Obi, is that our firm title? I'm into it. Yeah. <laughs> then that's what the cards say. All right, canon established. But the, the graphic design is very serious and sedate. <laughs> so let's see. So testing for explosives outside the car, mm-hmm. you're not getting anything, Clarissa. This The origin of this, you, you can even kind of see the damage is much higher on the inside of the car than the outside. It, it, it was internal, not external. That tells us something. So I am going to uh, let... Obi and Micah know that it seems like the blowy uppy thing, if it was blowy uppied, came from inside the vehicle. Okay, so we got that. We got super hot, like hotter than the cars are trained to handle. We have no explosive residue, so it wasn't a bomb. Well, wait, um, no, we, we got no energy residue telling us it was mutant power. Oh, does someone need to lick things to find out whether or not there's explosive residue? I thought I could do that with my energy residue kit, but I am perfectly willing to go back and lick things. <laughs> Should I go back inside the car and start licking it? You do love licking things. I'm going to go back inside the car and start licking it. And if I find nothing, you tell me. I think that Jams has now seen both uh, both Clarissa and Obi licking things. And I think probably turns to you, Micah, and says, is, is this the usual way that you operate? <laughs> it's, it's, it's their powers. This is how their powers work. That's, you okay, know, that's yeah. inspired our name. It's, uh, you know, very, yeah, very literal. Lickster's going to lick. Yeah, so I get exactly. It. I, actually, okay. literally. Yeah. Ha, I didn't even. Okay. Well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's, it's, it's how they work. It's. I'll just be over here by you, not licking anything. For now, we can we can be the not licking club. I, honestly, I uh, like eyebrow arches uh, for her. Um, oh. Okay. oh, wait, is that so, is she flirting? Because I'm going to take a whole different. No, <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> oh, why didn't I take sexual chemistry? <laughs> uh, you know, I've I, I've been instructed by the rule book that if anyone is uh, into strong, sexy types then uh, you are supposed to receive a succession of strong, sexy NPCs. So we're just putting it out there that uh, jams can be the first. Anyway, going back inside, I think you can do a little sort of enhance on this, Aubergine, based mm-hmm. on uh, what was the the powers that you or your abilities you called out there? Yeah, I have data retrieval and electronic surveillance um, as to my investigative abilities. Why don't you give me a, a, a push on, on data retrieval? I think if you want to sort of get more. And re- remind me how the push works. So you get two of them. Oh. And if you would like to burn one of them right now on this image. Right away. Um, okay. Yeah, let's do it. Why not? Okay. Kind of in- enhancing, you know, maybe if this is even sort of an in your mind kind of thing. I mean, hey, you've got mutant power. I'm probably so like do, leaning forward and like staring that. very intently at nothing to everyone else mm-hmm. with my mouth all over this camera. <laughs> 
<laughs> I think that you can you can kind of make out the the logo on on the badge that it's uh, for a, a local uh, chemistry company uh, known as Covalent Labs, and it also looks like the bag is sort of half closed, and you see like a couple little tops of bottles maybe poking out. Interesting. And I can't tell what's in the bottles. No. And that, uh, uh, again, that Carson seems to have have been employed or at least have an employment badge for Covalent Labs. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, I feel, I know, what, if I know anything about labs, it's that explosions happen in them. So I, I think that this bears further investigation. All right. Well, luckily, someone is prepared to lick their way to more information. Clarissa. Oh, yeah. Our lizard person. How, what, what, are, what, are, what are you doing here for, for Clue Gathering? So, Obi, have, have you told me that it says Covalent Labs? Have you? Yeah, you're in the car with me Oh, now, I'm in the right? car with you. So you're telling me it's Covalent Labs because I don't see that image because I'm not a technopath. I am going to point at nothing and be like, it says Covalent Labs. Like, at the wall. <laughs> I've seen you do that so many times before. I know exactly what you're doing. And um, <laughs> I have some knowledge of chemistry, which means I would know something about the chemistry suppliers and the companies that labs work with in New Arcadia. Can I use that investigative ability to see if I know anything about Covalent Labs already? I, I would say that they're they're a, a, a big company with a lot of a lot of products projects. They they heavily invest in some research and development, mm-hmm. and they've been making you know new synthetic fabrics and and that kind of thing, et cetera. Okay, so uh, licking licking the vehicle, I think didn't didn't tell me anything, right? Uh, I believe that you have not actually licked this vehicle yet. Well, then I'm going to need to lick the vehicle as close to what seems to have been the conflagration's initiating point as I can. I'm just going to lick. All right. So I think that that you kneel down I do. on the floor here. It's actually, it's not even a, it's not even a kneel. It almost looks like I'm going to barf. It looks like I drank too much. And then instead of anything else coming out of me, it's it's my long forked tongue and I just kind of flick flick. I really would love a camera pan out moment where it's Obi like still in the camera world trying to point at where the best residue is um, while Clarissa like has her tongue. So the residue is not on the image, but you, I mean, you certainly can point over, over like where Carson was sitting and where the bag was and, and all of that. From your perspective, crouch down on the floor. Mm-hmm. You're going to get three things, Clarissa. Ooh, Okay. Number one, you see a bit of almost like shiny or sort of iridescent residue that is a little away from sort of the the really burned parts of the floor. This is sort of a part of the floor, but like kind of where it it didn't reach. Okay. And sticking your kind of little forked tongue out there, you taste something that is, you you guaranteed have not tasted this before. Ooh. I'm going to describe what it is, and then you're going to, I, I think that you will probably have a great, like, sensory description of what it tastes like uh, that I want to hear. But what you're able to tell mm-hmm. is this is an incredibly, shows energy-packed molecule. This is a synthetic fuel, and it's it's hard to tell exactly what it's made of, but it seems incredibly potent. How does that come across in your senses? Well, I can taste a very high phosphate content along with some of the hydrocarbons. And that makes it kind of bitter and and corrosive and it, it stings a little bit. And it's kind of like if you've ever eaten an unripe persimmon, it's like if somebody put just a little bit of gasoline on 
an unripe persimmon and then liquefied it. And it's honestly not unpleasant, although it's not exactly durian, but the, the phosphate levels are, are remarkable and it does seem like a new set of molecules. And I'm, I'm making some notes in my little notebook. Excellent. I, I lick it a couple more times because it's tasty. Oh, nice. Okay, yeah. Oh, wow. All right. I, I think our our, our, uh, our T-shirt merch, I think we're off to a good start. I think our Team Up Moves, like, cocktails book probably might need a couple revisions. <laughs> I mean, do you want the ones Clarissa drinks or do you want the ones everyone else drinks? Because she's got a whole cocktail menu. Frozen rats. That's not a cocktail. That's dinner. It's a it's a ratsicle. <laughs> that's on a, on a little skewer, like in the margarita. Okay, anyway. Um, okay, so that was, that was first thing. All right. Uh, wow, this probably burned real hot and fast. I think we can all draw that conclusion. Number two, it seems to be the residue that you see looks like it's in the shape of like, like a boot print. It's kind of how it's tracked there. And the last thing that you see is sort of down there on the floor, there seems to be some kind of like USB key card thing. And it's got like a, like a clip and then like a little strap, like it was clipped to a bag and the top of the strap is frayed. And so kind of looking up, you're under the seats. It, it gives you the impression that this may be snagged between seats and ripped off a bag as the bag was pulled away. Is this a USB card that could conceivably be still working or do I taste its residue because it burned to ash? Oh, no, this this is this is an actual thing. This is conceivably still working. Oh, Ooh. so I'm going to do two things with that. One is I'm going to uh, lick it to see whether there's any people sense or anything else I can tell about who's hand- been handling it. And then I'm going to uh, still on one knee offer it up to Obi, uh, almost as if I were proposing to them, uh, and say, I haven't got a ring, but uh, you might want to take a look at this. For me? Just for you. So as far as what you were able to detect off this key card, pick pick the most generic Old Spice scent or uh, deodorant, like that's the, you know, this dude, dude was handling this. Is it Axe Body Spray or is it a, an adult? No, it's, a, it's, an, it's adult. A, an older dude. Yeah, like a, an, okay. a, an adult. Uh, consistent with someone of Carson's age. And I think then uh, right, you hand this over to, uh, to Obi. And I think that is kind of the moment where Tom comes back with a tray of drinks and uh, a couple slices of pizza. And he says, uh, how's it going? You've, uh, have, have, have you found, uh, found anything? Are we working the magic, working that lick incorporated magic. Oh yes. We're licking some stuff. Uh, I'm going to give Micah a chance to interface with Tom. Oh yeah. We've licked a variety of things at this point. And by we, I don't mean me. Um, thank you for the pizza and coffee. Much appreciated. Uh, yeah, I think I think we've got some strong things to go on, and uh, I'm wondering if I can ask for your help a little bit with some surveillance footage because we're real curious about who who got on this train a little before this explosion. Have you had have the cops asked for that? Have you had any chance to look through the footage? He says um, that's that's a little outside my personal uh, purview as um, as part of the, the engineering squad here, but um, so I don't know what the cops have seen or have not seen, but I can call in a few favors and, uh, and see, see what I can get. You know, no, that's, that's a, that's a great idea. You know, it'll, it'll take a little time. Got to run it by, going to run it through a few channels, but, um, I'll give you, I'll give you all a call back when I, when I got something. That's great. Remember, if you need us to speed it up, we've got some relevant powers. We can make it easy. If you get us some access, <laughs> can, uh, can do that for you. Just, it, just need some access. So this is, uh, 
this is going to go as as fast as uh, I can do uh, handshakes and, and favors. Fantastic. Uh, I trust you. Trust you to pull this off for us. Did, did you say that there was a boot print in, in that uh, synth fuel residue? I did. I would love to know about that boot print. I believe that is my evidence collection ability. What kind of boot is that? Um... Or is it not enough of a boot for me to print it? I, I'm trying to think of how how uh, how hard to put. You know, it's look. It's a, it, there are a lot of queers in this city. It's a Doc Martin. You you would know what that that soul looks like. <laughs> so I would also take pop culture actually okay. as a. Uh, I've got that. Know, okay, that's a, great. I, my my the, the thing that that uh, that I want to know first is whether this could be the boot print of whatever Carson Davis was wearing before he passed, or whether this suggests that somebody else was walking in the synth fuel after it spilled. Well, uh, Aubergine has seen what he looked like uh, right before his death. Could ask them. Obi, uh, you saw what Mr. Davis was wearing. Would he be likely to wear Doc Martens? Um, no. I don't think so. No. I, 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 no. No, no, very much no. So, Somebody who wears docks was walking around right near the blowy uppy place right before or maybe during or after Mr. Davis passed. Also, follow-up question here, which I'm assuming I get to poke my head in the train door periodically and look sure. at what they're all yeah. doing. Yeah. And, hey, the coffee's here. Right, and then regret that I did that. <laughs> so is the unburned fuel in the boot print Therefore, it didn't burn because there was a boot on top of it? Or is it just outside of a blast radius? Um, you, out, outside the blast okay. radius. So it's not like there was a flame-proof boot on top of the fuel? Um, I don't, no, I don't, okay. I, I, don't, yeah. okay. I, I don't know if you can necessarily... No, yeah, you, I mean, I guess you'd be able to tell because it's not like the ground was charred all around it. It was in an area that, that was, was, okay, gotcha, gotcha. was significantly undamaged. Yeah. Did I see anyone right. with Doc Martens when I was looking at the um, footage? No, so sort of that that area of uh I would say like in that like half an hour before the fire, there there wasn't anyone that you could see. Was Clarissa right. able to taste the color of the docks? No. Okay. Cause it's only the soul. Uh, as uh, I believe the the petrol resistance of the patented bouncing souls of a Doc Martin, I think would not leave any of its own residue uh, due to this that's, fuel. That's reasonable. I would like to update Tom that we're specifically on the surveillance footage looking for someone at Doc Martens. So we've we've already got three theories of the th- like three theories of the case, right? One is Carson Davis is involved intentionally. One is Carson Davis is a mule. And uh, one is that his presence with a uh, um, covalent chemical bag is a coincidence. I would like to know more about Mr. Davis. Perhaps there are electronic records of him, Obi? Yeah, so I, I think what we're, what we're, we're going to do here is, is we're going to kind of cut this scene. And then we're going to go back to your office as you process, and, you know, you've got this, this key card thing, or the, the USB card to investigate and other things to look up. So you have retrieved the core clue from this scene uh, in that in that USB key. So that will lead you to the next scene. I think as you're going out of the yard, I'm going to say that Micah, you probably notice as you're you're looking around, you catch eyes with the security guard who is not actually like a transit employee. Like this, this stuff is. They do have a contractor, like it's, uh, you know, the traction security group, whatever. And you kind of lock eyes with him and it's a little bit longer than you're necessarily, than would be typical. Uh, What's, what vibe am I getting? Am I getting a vibe? Yeah. So he's, he's, he's watching you closely, 
studying you, probably a little bit of maybe anger, but it is kind of noting down Ooh. who who you are. Ooh. Anger. Kind of want to go fuck with him, but I could save that for later. <laughs> so I want to cut to the inside of your office. Now we haven't talked about this yet. For, I mean, how are you doing? Like, is business good? Is business not good? What what kind of place do you work out of? Business is okay. It's it's good enough that it's not a clearly failing firm. You know, we keep the lights on. Uh, we've got a good internet connection. We've got a couple of rooms in the office, but it doesn't look like a successful law firm. It looks like we have what we need to get stuff done. There is a back room that's got my lab and this like weirdly shaped cramped desk that I sit at when I'm doing my chemistry stuff in that room. And there's a much bigger, nicer equipped room for receiving clients, which I think, Micah, does that have your desk? Yes. What does that room look like? You know, we've got some actual comfortable seating. I actually like some ergonomic options. People tend to open up a little bit more when they're comfortable. We've got a kind of a big mini fridge, you know, that's got some good refreshments in it. Uh, nice size table. I've been, I've been working on updating our wall art so that it's got like that one commendation we got and some, that one photo on the internet where we solved that one crime. Is that so the it's one got, with, it's got some of our accolades. Is that the one with the three of us holding a durian? Yes. Okay. Can we have yes, a Caravaggio but, as well? Yeah, sure. So, so pretty comfortable. I'm also going to say that although my desk is there, there's a walk-in closet that's my secret other office because it's got a bunch of quick change costume pieces in it. Um, yeah, so I can slip into a variety of different personas if I need to go interrogate from someone who would not respond well to my like averaged, averaged presence. Aubergine, what is your space? in this place look like? So this seems like a good time for explaining how I got involved with the group because they didn't know me before I started working there. I kind of broke in. <laughs> yeah. And then I started updating the tech because it was just kind of offensive how bad it was. And like, you know, and making their security better so that random strangers couldn't break in off the street. Um, and then they got back from, or got in in the morning or wherever they were and were like, what? And I'm just like, your security is shit, but I made it better. And, and I just kind of haven't left since then. It is unclear whether or not I sleep in the office. I definitely do sometimes. Mm -hmm. So my space has a lot of snacks in it. My desk needs organization. It, it is not going to get it. <laughs> For someone who, you know, does everything through tech, there are a surprising number of papers on the, on the table. Like, I never use paper. I scoff at paper. Why do I have so much paper, like, crumpled up around my desk? We don't know. We don't want to know. I've, I've actually been dropping the junk mail off on your desk to see how long it would take you to figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that tracks. There's a whiteboard somewhere with just, like, the days as tally marks, you know. <laughs> I sometimes come out in a strangely colored paper hat, and it's like, oh, yeah, that's where that notice went. <laughs> I can now tell you which Caravaggio is up in the hallway. Mm. The two of you have managed to keep convince me not to hang it where our prospective clients will see it. Uh, but it, it does speak to a lot of the things we do. It is Caravaggio's Judith Beheading Hall of Fairness. Uh, link in the show notes, I guess. Oh, yeah. It is a, a grotesque painting of uh, patriarchy being taken down uh, with a sword. Well, that I'm on board with. 
So you got a couple things here that you can pull up and, and get leads from. You've got this USB card. You've got you know info his his name and place of work. What are you What are you tackling What are you tackling first here? USB card's mine. I call dibs. I would like to know more about the synth fuel. I don't know if that's internet research or history of chemistry research, but I want to know if anyone's announced that they're working on something like that. Okay. I'd like to go to Covalent Labs and be lied to my face frequently. Ooh, can I come with you? I yes. bet I can taste I bet I can taste the lies. Oh, I bet you can. They probably have computers. Let's wait for Obi to to find stuff out first in case there's some place besides Covalent Labs that we really ought to be visiting. That's good cuz I have to change my hair and put on different boots. <laughs> okay, so so while Micah is getting ready and Clarissa, you are doing Google searches, which are coming up with zilch. Nothing has been announced about this. You know, probably a pretty big deal. This seems like if if this is this is an R and D, this is a or or classified or something, but it is not public. Hmm. Aubergine, you have more luck with that card, and you find that it is linking to. It's got so. There's two main things on here. One is there seems to be a trove of encrypted messages, mm-hmm. and also links and sort of the, the access key for a for for like an online account like like a crypto wallet sort of account and you are able to see transactions cool for that um can i read the crypto the encrypted messages i do have cryptography as a skill or a um ability investigative ability mm-hmm. sure so i think you you know you you spend kind of a little time on this maybe you have some programs and you know you can encourage the your computer to to do it better and faster and like, yeah, you can figure out this. But they all seem to be sort of a series of locations around New Arcadia, the quad up at Nosad or in front of a restaurant uh, in the food court in a kayfabe, these different places, and are all just describing a different person every time, like different appearance, different gender presentation, different clothing. But also, and then there is a timestamp. And these are messages that like came in. You know, this is not something that the owner of this card was writing out. These seem to be like, meet this person here at this time type messages. I Is Carson Davis one of the people? So there aren't any names. Oh, yeah. Does one of the people sound like they look like Carson Davis? Uh, no. Seems like maybe these were people who Carson Davis was supposed to meet. Or the same person if it's a shapeshifter. True. Or people the shapeshifter was supposed to be, but that feels unlikely. So should I bring some forensic accounting to bear on this information after OB tells us about it? Yeah. So, right. You do have forensic accounting, which I believe, Shana, you described as too boring to take. <laughs> oh. I, I, I kind of actually like that almost in character that... Aubergine, as soon as you see like these accounts and and the money transactions and stuff, you're like, ah, oh. Micah, so f- it's the boring stuff. Funny story. I actually picked up forensic accounting when I was undercover with an organization called Chicks on Wheels. It was a series of food trucks run by strippers, but they were money laundering in addition to selling really nice chicken sandwiches. This is in the game, not real life, right? <laughs> I'm glad you asked that question. <laughs> of course, it's in the game. <laughs> 
bringing some backstory to my forensic accounting. So <laughs> I was going to be so... Forensic accounting is not boring. Um, I, d- I do have a, a dream now of opening a food truck that's strippers serving chicken sandwiches, but not really. I mean, you have the, you have the name, which is 50% of the food truck. Yeah, it chicks on wheels. I mean, it, it's literally hot. So I would happily dive into this forensic accounting data because actually, you know, money is sexy. All right. And, and so, yeah, you have this transaction log and three things kind of kind of stand out that there are these larger chunks of money coming in at a few weeks, maybe monthly kind of intervals. It's not it's not clockwork, but is is fairly regular. And there's maybe half a dozen. And is it correlated to the dates of the meeting dates or is it not correlated? It is. It seems to be shortly after the meeting dates, the money comes in. Oh, yes. All that time making chicken sandwiches paid off. (laughs) You notice kind of some other transactions. One is orders that are going to a storefront on Bespoke, Hmm. which is a website that allows creatives to sell physical goods or vintage items in police procedural tradition, uh, we are making up obvious stand-in names for internet companies such as Etsy. And so you see, and, and it's got it's got the the name of of the store. It's Shark Squeak is the store as sort of like a like a memo on these transactions. It's for as much as several hundred dollars at a time. But the payoff amounts are much larger. First set of numbers. Yeah, ex- exactly. Around some of these Shark Squeak transactions are much smaller amounts for a cafe that you have heard of over in VR Heights called Leo's. Mm. And there's some other sort of other more incidental noise, like money is being spent at like Best Buy and sort of some of these other places. But it's those three that are the real, the ones that really stand out. And your forensic accounting sense says, these are the plot relevant transactions. <laughs> Maybe we should people watch at Leo's and uh, Obi could tell us what Shark Squeak sells. Uh, sure. Uh, do I just go to the website or? Yes. <laughs> yes. But you have to you have to do it by putting a Wi-Fi card in your mouth. You can't do it any other way because we just want to see that. I mean, I honestly don't think there's any other way to to do that other anyway. <laughs> Literally, we have just a stack of Wi-Fi cards on your desk for these moments. This is the only way I've ever gone online shopping. In different flavors. This is also only in the game, I feel like I should specify. <laughs> I, I also tend to go on the internet using my tongue as much as possible. <laughs> this, this is great. This is what. But that's a metaphor. <laughs> no. <laughs> you don't know how my keyboard tastes. I don't, actually. It tastes great. Oh, gosh. Fantastic. All right. So looking at the store front on Bespoke, it has super strong, like, coming soon vibes. There's there's actually kind of one main item that is for sale, which is stickers that have a uh, an illustration of Blaha the shark. Oh, no. This is the stuffed Ikea shark that is a symbol for queer rights and uh, solidarity. And the illustration sort of has Blaha with, like, some pretty heavy, like, cat eye kind of makeup. And there's a also, like, a little, like, making a squeaky sound kind of illustration on it. And, like, that's kind of most of it. It seems to be linked to someone who is like like a game streamer on Stream Door, 
which is a site where uh, people will stream their uh, their gaming and, and other activities. And so this is sort of the storefront of a streamer who also goes by Shark Squeak. And it's like they haven't they haven't done the merch side of things yet. This is just sort of putting it there. Please tell me that Stream Door is spelled S-T-R-E-A-M space D apostrophe O-R. <laughs> uh, uh, it could be. Am I missing a joke that I'm going to regret not knowing? <laughs> yes. I it's don't get golden, it either. It's a golden stream. It's a golden stream. Okay, sure. Why not? <laughs> right, stream, stream door, gold, stream of gold, gold. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, all right. Yeah, gotcha. Okay. Jokes in other languages now. This is a, uh, yeah. this is a refined podcast. Mm-hmm. Well, I have translation and it appears to be working. <laughs> so someone is spending significant amounts of money on presumably Blaha stickers. And you you actually like doing the quick, multiplication or division, sort of however you want to slice this, like this town would have to be covered in stickers with just like the volume, the the amount of money that is allegedly being spent on them. This is money laundering. We need to find out what else the scammer does. It's it's actually a little small for money laundering. Like you don't usually launder in the hundreds. You usually launder in the tens to hundreds of thousands or millions. So why are these people doing that? And do we even know that the card belonged to Carson? We don't. We do. We know that someone's probably paying for something. It did. It, it did. Okay. Yeah, I, I think that that the 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 fabric bit of of ring matches the bag that was next to cars. I, it, yeah, uh, yeah. But we can have that connection. Okay. So it looks to me like somebody's paying off the streamer or paying the streamer for something like information. I would think those larger amounts are more likely to be laundering, except that they seem to match up with those meets, which means maybe people are being hired for something. Uh, Carson was collecting money from these people and paying the shark squeak person to do something. Could be. Do we know? Or Carson got hold of this data that is incriminating and was killed for it. Also possible. I think we need to talk to shark squeak. Yes. And order another coffee at Cafe Leo and then get lied to at Covalent. Uh, (laughs) Let's find out who shark squeak is so we can find out if they hang out at Cafe Leo. That would be good. I'd like to update our our office with also in the central room, there are a number of monitors on the wall and that if OB puts a Wi-Fi card in their mouth and then holds on to the monitor connections, we can just see what's going on so that we can watch OB's brain find who this person is. Can one of them be a painting of a monitor lizard? Yes. Thank you. <laughs> That's, is that like the screensaver or something? Yeah. Yes. It's like a novelty one. No, I made it. It's really serious. It's ambitious. Sorry, it's an ambitious novelty one. I, I, I like that this is uh, sort of s- similar to kind of the the opening presentations in Leverage, the, the big multimedia thing, except it's just Obi holding a monitor cable with a Wi-Fi card in their mouth. Exactly, exactly. So good. I have definitely watched Leverage or whatever this world's equivalent is. I wish I could be as cool as Hardison. <laughs> Can I use my popular culture to find out who Shark Squeak is? Are they like a famous gamer? Yeah, sure thing. No, she's not like super famous, though. She does sort of, you know, looking over on on uh, on Stream Door that it's, uh, she seems to have recently made Affiliate, which is, you know, kind of a, kind of a nice step as one is building their audience. You know, she's not streaming right now, but you see some archive stuff. She's got uh, some makeup things. She also seems to really like to stream cozier games and some uh, queer dating sim type games. It's, it's every sense of a, 
you know, a streamer who is starting to get a little bit of a following, has ambitions for more, and but is is still very much kind of a, a small time, is not known outside of sort of the people who are, are following Okay, her. folks, we need to brace ourselves in case this is another example, like that crime we solved three months ago of Boyfriend Dungeon going horribly wrong. Mm. I like that you were called in for that. Is Shark Squeak's like real name a thing? Is it known or not known? Um, could could we go to their? Could we like go to their house? Can Obi just hack that shit for us? I think that is going to have to be either a push or a roll if you want to go from her alias to her uh, her actual name. I think she she does not make it particularly public. What would I roll? Maybe I can try. I don't think I should push quite yet because I think we have a lot because I only have one left and we have a lot of leads we can follow. I don't know if actually, I don't know if there would be a role for this. It might be that this is sort of only gettable from a push because it is kind of a finding out information-y sort of thing. I can I can push popular culture. Okay, sure. That's not my last push of the episode, right? Right. I would like to uh, scour all of the kind of amateur art and video sites and art communities that I am in to see if anyone has interacted with somebody who seems like they are Shark Squeak. Yeah, I think that you could also push popular culture to just be a fan, but I don't know if you're uh, into gaming, but uh, it's sort of the scope of these things. But no, it's digging around and I think you find a perhaps a, an old deviant art equivalent that has a similar art style and uh, other things. And uh, her name currently uh, seems to be uh, Kerrigan Park. Oh, okay. Let's pay Kerrigan Park a visit. Uh, Obi, we're looking for Kerrigan Park. Can you find a person, not a park, who lives in New Arcadia? Sure. I'll just put a Wi-Fi car in my mouth and Google it. Yes. I love when that happens. So cool. You're able to do to, to to kind of dig through some some records stuff. I mean, she pays electricity. Mm-hmm. And you find a uh, an apartment down in in Kayfabe. So this is uh not not a super great area of town. It is cheap. And there is a probably eight or so story apartment building and she seems to have a an apartment there. All right. Let's go let's go visit her. All right, I'm gonna do a quick outfit change so that I look younger and game more gamery. I'm going to look like a lizard. So this is probably, you know, middle of the day. And how are you getting into this apartment building? I can break in. Can't we just smile charmingly at someone coming out and walk in? It's it's eight stories, right? She's on, there's a ton of people. We wait like five minutes, someone's going to come out. Yeah. I mean, unless you want to break in. I don't want to get in the way of your skills. I mean, I guess I don't have to if we want to do like it the easy way. Yeah. Why don't you save your, save your breaking in for when we're trying to infiltrate an evil corporation? Fine. I guess that that works. Yeah. We just have to do the thing where I'm like, you guys are going to love what I did to the place so that it just sounds like we live there as we walk in. <laughs> Excellent. And and you do that and go up a few flights in the elevator and you you find uh, what, what seems to be her door. It is unremarkable from the outside. Micah? Yeah, I'm thinking about how to play this. What's my range? What's my empathy range? Can I empathy from the other side of the door? I would say that, yeah, if you are having like a, if you were talking to someone through a door, I think that empathy would work. So can I just empathy right now to see what the other side of the door feels like? Like who, whoever. Yeah. You don't feel like there's anyone on the other side of the door that you're able to empathy. Oh, so this could be an empty apartment. Obi, about that breaking and entering. Yay. Can I lick the doorknob first? By all means. Sure. Definitely do that before I touch the doorknob. I lick the doorknob. I, I, there is a, I would say probably not, not like an expensive 
hand cream, but one that is done by someone who has a regular skincare maintenance routine. Hmm. Any sense of Carson and any sense of synth fuel? No. Okay, let's go in. Okay, so is there a skill for breaking in uh, that we should be doing on this? There is. Um, well, it's one of the uh, general abilities. It is infiltration. Okay, pals, it is, we started recording about an hour and 20, 25 minutes ago. Let's roll a die. Yay. <laughs> it's time. How good is your infiltration, uh, Obi? Because I have physical infiltration for, for eight. I have 10. Oh, snap. <laughs> oh, good. Okay, go for it. I figured if I got the job by breaking in, I had to be pretty good at it. That tracks. So let's talk about how roles work finally in Mutant City Blues. So I'm going to set a secret difficulty level for this task. And in this case, Aubergine is going to roll for it. And this is going to represent their best effort at doing this task. And prior to the roll, Shana, you may choose to spend points from your pool that will increase your die results and you have to meet or exceed the secret number in my brain about how tough breaking into this apartment will be. And actually for me to set that number, I'd like to know like what your approach would be. So is this just like a normal door or is it like a, um, a, a electric type thing? Like just a, seems like a normal door. Do I have to pick the lock basically, or can I hack the lock? Oh, this would be, this would be like a, like a, like a pick the lock kind of situation. Yeah, no, this apartment building does not have like fancy key card locks. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm, I probably, I have a set of lock picks that are probably like in my boot or something. And so I'm going to just like pick that lock. All right. I would say that this does not seem to be a significantly like advanced nor a like falling apart kind of lock. This is very middle of the road. Okay. Um, and so like just sort of in general, do how high like do difficulty levels go? Like do they go higher than six? They could for things that are noticeably hard. Okay. So I'm I guess I'll spend like two points just in case, but okay. that seems good. Um and that's just that means that I now have eight points in it, right? Is that how it works? Yes, yeah. So you you deduced your, your you deduct excuse me, yeah, you deducted it. All right. I got a one. So plus two is three. Okay. So unfortunately I was choosing the default of four. <laughs> so is there I an think assist that method? not at this point. Am I allowed to just try it again since I also have this ability? No, this is this is try, trying the lock with the lock picks. So here's here's how trying again could work. If you have narratively changed the situation in some way and you spend more from a pool, then you can sort of try it again. But as far as anyone like picking locks with a normal lock picks, this this door is not, it's not going. Dang it. Yeah. Do I break the door? Can and can people get in with the key as well? Oh, that's a that's actually a good question. This system does not necessarily have a, uh, a direction on like a catastrophic failure on this. <laughs> I would say, I would say that this is close enough that I, I think you are you did not, for example, break the the pick off in in the door. That's do we do we ha- have a good photo of Kerrigan Park? I mean, you can you can see from yeah from all of her screen uh, streaming thumbnails and stuff. Yeah, you absolutely know what she looks like. Is it close enough that I, with makeup and a hair change, could look like that? Ooh, let's see. I, I mean, how 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 much can you... Well, wait, do you have disguise as uh, a... I've got... Um, let's see. I have impersonate, actually. 
Oh, impersonate. Okay, uh, impersonate. Yeah. Oh, well, let's let's read up on impersonate and let's see what that gives you. So, if you watch an hour of Kerrigan streaming, I think you could probably pull this off. Okay, so the option is I impersonate her, go to the building super, and get us in. Do we want to spend an hour of me figuring out how to impersonate her, or should we just go to Cafe Leo, get coffees, and come back later and knock on the door? I think you've got a plan A and a plan B there. Yeah. What do y'all think, teammates? Um, I mean, personally, the first one sounds really boring to me and doesn't have as much coffee, so I'd vote for the second one to start with. Is Leo's nearby? I mean, how close are we to Leo's? You'd probably do, you'd have to drive over there. But like, is it five minutes or like 25? Yeah. You know, yeah. If, yeah, if here, uh, here's, a, here's an idea. We go to Leo's and I get one of those starfish biscuits. And while we wait to see whether someone suspicious with Doc's or possibly Kerrigan herself shows up, you, Micah, watch the videos. And after an hour, either you'll be able to fake Kerrigan or we will have found the real Kerrigan. Fantastic. Those starfish biscuits, by the way, they're so good. They they taste like tire rubber and the ocean together. No one else orders them. I, I Sometimes I think Leo only keeps them around for me. They're so good. Aww. Yeah, so for starters, there's no Leo. And number two, I don't know if that fits with the Leo's like comfort food these are the best traps you have aesthetic. oh no no <laughs> they're they're the results of of the occasional failure of the oven at leo's to produce something that they sell to everybody else and i know somebody who slips them to me fair enough they keep them around because they know you come by all right that's right wait so who's going over to leo's i think we're all going but i'm not driving so i can be watching videos as we go okay gotcha all right so you've got the got them on your phone exactly. and some stardew valley stuff you know she's she's got a little bit of a of a knack for it you know it's cute you're kind of you're kind of into it Oh, I'm going to use one of my many social media profiles to be liking and thumbs upping and doing all the things. Oh, so that's that, excellent. So that we're also looking like buds. So I'm a fan. <laughs> In fact, I think Obi set me up with a hack set of like phone profiles so that I can retroactively like shit. And then it'll look like I've been a fan for a while. Oh, wow. Yeah. I do. But I am going yeah. to like grumble and be like and be really critical of the um, playing technique. And like complain about having to do it for something that I personally don't like. Complain about uh, about uh, Shark Squeak's playthrough of this game. Yeah, I, I'm not a fan. I don't know why. So you do drive over to Leo's and viewers of this show would recognize this cafe from our first episode that this was the unnamed location where Toon helped some striking workers. And we are back there in its lime green table glory. As the three of you walk in, you do see the well-regarded dolls that are dressed uh, I believe, to the nines in the highest of drag fashion. And you see two people behind the counter. One of them has sort of her back turned to you. You can see she's got sort of some long blondish hair. She's rather tall uh, that shows many signs of different dyes that have gone through it. She's working a frat machine. And the person sort of facing towards you has a absolutely elaborate mustache, a name tag that says Ames, and a pin that says no pronouns. Ames! Ames also has a Leo's Rising pin, which has the solidarity fist. Uh, that is their union. And so, yeah, you are, uh, you are walking into this cafe. All right, I'm going to go do face things. Y'all get snacks. Now, as promised, we have a reading from Stephanie's new book, We Are Mermaids. Steph. Alison Blair explains herself. People get into me, I sometimes think, 
Not so much for my voice as for all the glitter on my belt and sleeves, my dance moves, how I swing my hips and hair and see into the crowd amid the phosphorescence. Or else they dig my adaptability, my spangled endurance, my talent for staying alive. I know how to silence anyone I don't want to hear. I can switch up any sound into a light show that can knock you down. Try to beat me up and I'll turn the beat around. I also know my history, house, complexro, metropopolis, escape room, hyperpop. I know the moves. I know the repertory. I wasn't supposed to be white or straight or last so long. When people cheer me on, I love it. But also I want them to cry because they themselves have found love, however much it's a long shot. If I can't keep touring forever, I intend to try. My 80s story is always ending. Disco will never die. I straight up lolled, literally laughing in my room the first time I read that Turn the Beat Around line. It's a great song, too. Vicky Sue Robinson has written a memoir called Turn the Beat Around, I believe. I have not read it. Okay. Well, listeners, you can also go look for that book. But please look for We Are Mermaids. By Stephanie Burt from Grey Wolf Press. It's a new book of poems. It's out this month. And that's why we're celebrating it. This run of Team Up Moves, we've been playing Mutant City Blues by Robin D. Laws and Gareth Ryder Hanrahan, and published by Pelgrane Press. You can find more information on the Pelgrane Press website, pelgranepress.com. Team Up Moves is a production of Fiona Hopkins and Stephanie Burt, copyright 2022. You can find us on Twitter. We'd love to chat as at TeamUpMoves or individually as at Fiona Wim and at Accommodatingly, respectively. Check the show notes for spellings. Our website, which has all of our episodes and information on all of our runs, is at TeamUpMoves.com. You can also find subscribe links to make sure that you never miss an episode. Our theme music is Play by Sleepyhead. Find more of their music at sleepyheadrockband.com. We're going to be back next week with the conclusion of this actual play run. Until then, take care, pals. 